the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Backbone Radio. Hey, we're live, we're local, and we're ready to roll. Blake Gallagher's back there behind the glass. I can see his head sticking up above a bunch of monitors. Not quite enough to get the full beard in, but we do get the uh, most most of the hair going on with our uh, classic rock dude behind the glass. Matt Dunn, at your service these next three hours. Glad you are here People are arriving in droves. I've got my eyeballs on the text-to-studio screen right above me. Would love it if people would check in and have things to say. And, oh, we've got all kinds of things to be talking about, including the Twitter files. Elon Musk, yeah, dialing in, dialing down on what the Twitter censorship looked like internally regarding the Hunter Biden laptop scenario, which shows how bloody rigged was the 2020 election. Oh, yeah, what they were doing. And I'll try to spell it all out so we can understand what was going on with psycho leftist Twitter around October, November of 2020. And man, is it ever ugly. Oh, it's just flat-out ugliness what was going on. And big salute to Elon Musk for unloading all of that, at least some of that. Apparently this is phase one. And we'll be on to phase two. And maybe more phases as the days and weeks go by. Elon has said that we're waiting on phase two. We need a few more days, maybe on phase two. But Elon Musk selected Matt Taibbi. He tabbed Taibbi to be the Twitter vessel to release this information. And I've been combing over it, looking over it. And yes, like I said, it is hairy. It is ugly. And it talks about how, yeah, the whole, the whole racket of this rigged world we are living in. And I'd love to have anybody's thoughts. Uh, This is one of those stories where I don't know. I mean, people kind of get it, right? I mean, you don't have to, like, dial in and dig in and go heavy to get the big picture on what is going on here. But essentially, yeah, the mainstream media, um, basically, if you remember the Leslie Stahl interview with Donald Trump and you remember the debate, Chris Wallace denying Trump's ability to talk about the Hunter Biden laptop back in 2020. And then the social media side, we see what was going on internally. And more of this, folks, more of this eye-opening, as we're going to be not doing much pretending. That's one thing I've been thinking about is how we need to not be pretending about the situation we are in in this country. There's a little too much urge for many of us, uh, many of us, especially conservatives, to want to pretend about certain things and pretend certain things are okay about the Republican Party. 
And I have to say, I'm going to be dropping that. And so some of the things that you might hear around here won't, won't be the most encouraging as far as the Republican Party establishment goes. If you're the kind of individual that still gives the benefit of the doubt to the GOP establishment, well, I hope you will listen and listen closely to get a more realistic picture of what's actually going on so we can break out of the gulag that we are in. And um, the question is, what is the Republican Party going to do now in the aftermath of all this? And I guess we'll be... We'll be finding out. And by the way, driving over, I was just thinking about billionaires. You know, if you, you you wonder how much does civics and how much does the Constitution and how much does American sort of uh, jurisprudence even matter in this age of oligarchs, in this age of billionaires, and that what's going on with Twitter, it's Elon Musk, a billionaire, the biggest billionaire on the planet, deciding to do something about the problem of not having free speech in this country and in this world. And so a billionaire steps up and makes a gigantic change in the way we conduct discourse in this country and, by extension, the world. Twitter is a global phenomenon. And think about it. How many years did Republican Party politicians mouth platitudes, oh, we got to do something about the tech tyrants, and nothing ever happened, nothing And you start to wonder if um, the only way anything ever happens in American politics and world politics is if some billionaire decides to do something. And if you step back and you really think about it, there's maybe two things that have happened in the last six years, two things of major significance to overcome the trajectory that we are on heading into Gulag America. One of those things was a billionaire named Donald Trump who decided to run for the presidency and who won. And then you have to go a while, and then now, oh, another billionaire, Elon Musk, buys Twitter and starts making big waves and glimpses into the deep state and what's really going on behind the scenes. And again, it took billionaires to do anything. It took billionaires to get through all of the protective layering all of the Kevlar that is around the ruling class of this country and the global ruling class as well. And so I just kind of wonder if in school we maybe need to start teaching that, uh, hey, civics doesn't matter, kid. Constitution doesn't matter, kid. What matters is you got to become a billionaire, and then you can throw your weight around. Then you'll be somebody. Then you'll actually have influence on what goes on in the world. And I don't know, I'm just thinking about that. I was thinking about that, driving in, shielding my eyes from the sun near that Cherry Creek Reservoir, heading over the dam over there, a place where I grew up not too far from here, I'll tell you. So let's cover all of that. R.I.P. Christine McVie, Fleetwood Mac. She was, I have to say, she's my favorite member of Fleetwood Mac, and her songs are like my favorite songs from Fleetwood Mac. 79 years old, and oh, lost her. A lot of people are saying, I didn't know she was 79. I didn't know she was um, that close to 80, but um, apparently so. And so we'll do some Fleetwood Mac this evening. How about, how about that? And I'll get into some 
the latest from the CCP and these these pods, these massive arrays of pods they're making to quarantine people, these quarantine camps. And it just makes you, are they welding the people into these pods in China, the CCP? And if they are, don't you know our own ruling class would look at that and say, man, that's a great idea. Wow. They're really doing it right over in China. We got to get to going on something like that, welding them in. You know, you see these pictures of these pods and you just start thinking of Klaus Schwab and the rest of them and, hmm. Yeah, the World Economic Forum, the billionaires get together and decide what the future is going to be. And Klaus Schwab just got this clip of him talking about, oh, we're going to have brain chips. We're going to put chips in our brains. I have to do the full evil Bond villain accent there, but Klaus Schwab wants chips in our brains. I don't know, maybe a big no thanks to that. And the word of the day, by the way, speaking of Klaus Schwab, there's a there's a word called Dunkelflaut, which I need to look up the translation. But apparently it means a period of no wind and no sun. And apparently the last 30 days in Germany have been a period of Dunkelflaut, no wind and no sun. So they're not getting solar power. They're not getting wind power. And they're having to rely ever more on their coal and nuclear. They're having to rely ever more on their fossil fuels, what they have left, to keep the lights on in Germany. And I've been chronicling this. Winter is coming. Winter is coming to Germany. And who you know who knew that a period of Dunkelflaut was going to be coming on right before winter really starts to freeze everybody's bones in Germany. I don't know, the green energy people, do you think they've thought this all through? Do you, how, how smart are the smartest people in the room? Um, at any rate, 303-696-1971. Do check on in or text to the studio. We'd love to hear from you. Matt Dunn, Backbone Radio, we're launching this thing. Coming on in with some pedal steel from Social D. Let's keep it going. Let's keep this going under us. I know you can't hear it on the podcast, but sometimes you just got to have the pedal steel playing under you when you're trying to communicate important stuff. It just gets the, the mood right, the tone right. This is Mike Ness solo. In his solo days after Social D. By the way, Social D has been saying they're going to have a new album out at any moment, but they've been saying that for like three years. And I haven't seen it yet. Anybody seen it? Anyway, they got to uh, stop procrastinating, get it going. I kind of have a thesis that Mike Ness is becoming a bit of a uh, perfectionist as he gets on in years. And so he's trying to write these perfect, perfect songs, and he's straining over them and spending all this time in the studio, but then he can't quite finish it off. You remember who else did that was the the band Boston? Boston, you know, the slick rock from the 70s, some classic tunes. They had that one blockbuster great album that everyone still listens to. And then they just sort of went dark for about 12 years or so. Because the guy was way too much of a perfectionist to release anything. I don't know. You've got to explore the psychology here. I, I have no idea if Mike Ness is doing that, but I'm just getting Boston vibes from Mike Ness. 
And uh, I will say this, that somehow interacting with uh, audience members, listeners of Backbone Radio, I get a lot of people say, hey, I like the Mike Ness. I like Social D. And I didn't know that. I thought I was the only one. Yeah. Where do you come down? Where do you come down on that one, Mr. Mr. Blake? Are you pro-Social D or anti? Oh, I'm pro. You're pro? How do they compare to Weezer in your book? All right. They're, they're, oh, they're, they're real. They're the real deal. Yeah, uh, but better than Weezer. You could admit it. So it's, it's cool. Would you yeah, say better, than, better Weezer? than Weezer? Okay, but I, I, I guarantee you, if Weezer started doing covers of Social D songs, they would do it better. I, I guarantee you that. Um, That's a far fetch there. And by the way, I'm just yeah, I'm getting over another day at a swim tournament. Yeah. Um, another weekend of swimming. This one at uh, University of Denver, kiddos. And I came back with one thought that I might share, and I don't know how valid it is, but I just noticed, you know, you go to a swim meet, and you sit there, and it's so loud. There are whistles blowing. There are swim moms screaming and hollering and yelling in a good way, a good-natured way, you know, go, 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 Amber, get across the pool. And whenever I do like a little video of being inside one of these swim meets, I send them to other family members. And people are like, man, who, who, who are those, those swim moms like sitting around you? They're, they're really loud. <laughs> What's going on with these people? Anyway, and so I start debating in my own head that who... Who is more of a force in the world? Is it soccer moms or is it swim moms? And, of course, I, I could, like, bring the dads into it because, you know, I'm, I spent a lot of time at the side of a soccer field, a lot of time at the side of a swimming pool, and um, watching kids, you know, try to get out there and do athletics, right? Drive over in the minivan, get out and do stuff like soccer and swimming. That's what we're doing mostly right now. And I think... I. I Am I wrong? But it seems like the moms are more vocal than the dads. It, I mean, I guess nobody knows more about this than me, frankly. You know, if you add up these last several years of my life, how much time I have spent on the side of a soccer field or a swimming pool at a swim meet at a swim competition, I think I actually might be the expert. I might be the main expert on this anywhere on the planet and I do kind of think that when I'm on the side of a soccer, I, I hear the soccer moms, and they're tough. They always get this reputation in politics is that, like, they want, they want nice tweets from their president, and they want everybody to behave, and they want, you know, boring, tired Republican establishment politicians to represent them in Washington, D.C. But like I said, I don't see that. You know, when, when I'm out there, I mean, I think what those hollering – swim mom or soccer moms want is some absolute animal to go out to Washington DC and like set the place on fire is <laughs> that's that's just how it seems to me on the side of a soccer field but then you have to up this like maybe 10 notches maybe even a magnitude when it comes down to the swim moms okay I mean, you get there and you're trying to record a video of your little tiny kid trying to swim and try not to drown across the pool. And you get these swim moms right next to you and they are, they are yelling so loud that you can't even think. You can't, you can't do anything but listen to these, these swim moms. And I'll tell you, 
I just kind of wonder if swim moms, too, you know, they don't care about mean tweets. I mean, they're like kind of mean on the side of the pool, like soccer mom. And like they, they want, again, they, they want to send like beasts to Congress and to, to Washington, D.C. to, again, set the place on fire, burn the place down. Let, let's like get going. I just, I wonder, maybe we could do this kind of thing, and this is just completely just <laughs> popping into my head. What if we sent a whole battalion of soccer moms and swim moms to stand, like, in the halls of Congress and to start, you know, telling the congressmen and women, like, what to do and how to do it and, like, really, like, lay it on? Do you think that would get us anywhere? I just wonder if that's if we need to go to that level in politics, if we need to get to that point. Because like I was kind of saying in the last segment, do you ever feel like anything much ever really happens politically? Signal to noise ratio, it's almost all noise. When you think about the really significant stuff that has happened in the last six years of politics... I would say that the top two things that are at least popping into my head right now in which uh, the trajectory of sort of establishment, big money, oligarch, deep state control of the government has been unsettled or jostled a little bit was Donald Trump winning in 2016, throwing off the entirety of the establishment. And then Elon Musk somehow wangling his way in there and using his billions, $44 billion, to buy Twitter and giving us a window into what is really and truly going on behind the scenes with how do they censor you? How do they censor James Woods? We got some James Woods audio coming up. Conservative actor, Academy Award. I think he's won some Academy Awards, hasn't he? Or at least nominated. He's, you know, big deal guy, right? They just shut him down. They shut him down. And James Baker. James Baker was the uh, top legal counsel for the FBI for many years, and he's the guy under Obama. He's the guy that thought, uh, yeah, Trump-Russian collusion, Steele dossier, yeah, that's great stuff. Let's, let's go after Trump for this Russia collusion stuff, which, of course, was a complete zero, complete hoax, complete fabrication. But James Baker, after he gets booted out of the FBI, where does he land? Oh, they land on their feet. The deep staters always land on their feet. Oh, yes, they do. Aren't you thankful? He lands on his feet and becomes legal counsel at Twitter. So there he is on the inside at Twitter. And, oh, the Hunter Biden laptop issue comes up. And James Baker says, oh, no, no, we must exercise extreme caution with this story because it might be... A Russia, Russia hoax. It might be the Russians trying to tamper with our election with this Hunter Biden laptop. So the point is, and somehow I got there a long way around, is that the political establishment worked every bit as hard to try to destroy Trump as they have worked every bit as hard to try to save and protect Joe Biden and it took a gigantic amount of lies in both directions to get those deep state ends accomplished. Be right back. 
There we go. Run, run, Rudolph, the best version of that tune, bringing us back. Of course, that is the Dwight Yoakam version. And year in, year out, I like to have that be the very first Christmas song we play around Backbone Country. Because I don't know, it just has that right, that right vibe to it. The other night, we were watching the next Home Alone. We watched Home Alone 1 last week, first time I ever saw that. Then we watched Home Alone 2. And they had Run Run Rudolph on the soundtrack. Didn't make it to the actual soundtrack album, but it was it was on there. It was the Chuck Berry version, which is a good version. But it cannot hold a candle to the Dwight version, if you just want my opinion. And by the way, 303-696-1971, you are invited to check on in. Should you have any thoughts and I thought I would dilate upon, yes, the Twitter files that, yeah, the New York Times is not covering it. The mainstream media is not covering it. And so the folks out there and even some commentators out there who are immersed in exclusively mainstream media echo chambers are just really not going to have any idea what this all means and what is going on with this. The red pills being delivered by Elon Musk to the masses. And just by way of a, an explainer, what if I just got a little a little tidbit in? This is how Tucker Carlson summarized what this Twitter files situation is all about. Twitter shared a trove of internal documents with Matt Taibbi of Substack. Those documents are coming out again as we speak. And what they prove so far is very serious. Those documents show a systemic violation of the First Amendment, the largest example of that in modern history. These documents show that, among other things, political officials in the Democratic National Committee were directing censorship at Twitter ahead of the 2020 election. One Twitter official wrote on October 24, 2020, that he had received, quote, an additional report from the DNC. So the DNC was telling Twitter what to pull off the site, and Twitter was complying. Next morning... To prove it, a Twitter official confirmed the post had been deleted. I grabbed the first one, that Twitter employee wrote. Twitter was also following instructions directly from the Biden campaign in the final days of the presidential campaign. One of the documents proves that officials on the Biden team routinely directed Twitter to remove posts that reflected poorly on Joe Biden. Quote, more to review from the Biden team, read one internal email from a Twitter employee just days before the 2020 election. That email included a list of several Twitter accounts that had criticized Joe Biden. The reply, quote, handled. We just checked. Now, those accounts remain suspended today. So Twitter was permanently censoring users at the request of the DNC and the Biden campaign. That is new. Many suspected it. Now it has been absolutely confirmed by internal documents. And, of course, the New York Post Twitter account was banned. Why? because they had a story that might have changed the outcome of the 2020 election, and Twitter knew that perfectly well. They had accurate information about Hunter Biden's laptop. The Post reporting directly implicated Joe Biden and the Biden family in an ongoing scheme to sell influence, to leverage Biden's job as a government official, to sell the prestige and the power of the U.S. government to China and Ukraine. There we go. That's at least an initial summary from Tucker Carlson about what these Twitter files are all about. Elon Musk, the billionaire, buys Twitter and says, you know what, I maybe I'm just going to release some stuff so 
we can get to a point of having transparency. Elon Musk thinks that transparency is in decline in this country and thinks you cannot have any trust without transparency. And so he wants to bolster transparency by releasing these files that are related to the Hunter Biden laptop and how it was suppressed by Twitter, how the story was suppressed by Twitter in the days around the 2020 election, in the final weeks of the 2020 election, which um, this is, uh, remember Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged? Rigged, we know about the money from uh, the Facebook guy, Zuckerberg, the pod man, Four hundred and thirty million or something, four hundred and nineteen million. And we know what was going on in some other areas, but here we are with some more concrete details about what happened in the social media platform of Twitter. And I wish we could see this stuff on Facebook. What Zuckerberg and those folks were doing over there on Facebook. Interesting to me that Elon Musk chose Matt Taibbi to be the vessel to release these Twitter files, to be the reporter, would you call it? Um, the the news person who, to release all this stuff on Twitter. And Matt Taibbi is somebody who I have, I have read many of his books over the years, and I've been following on Twitter for all of these years. I think one time he even liked a tweet of mine somewhere along the way. The Matt's got to stick together, you know, Matt Dunn, Matt Taibbi, right? Um. But Matt Taibbi is a lifelong Democrat. He is a leftist, but he is one of the last few honest Democrats you see out there who still believes in free speech and still apparently believes in the Constitution. He's the kind of a Democrat that was more the mainstream of the party some odd decades ago. And I would put people like Glenn Greenwald and Michael Tracy into this category. And that Matt Taibbi is one of these people that he's not a warmonger. He was not a fan of the Iraq war. He's not a fan of all that's going on in Ukraine. And Matt Taibbi has an eagle eye for spotting propaganda, for spotting fake news, for narrative control. And somehow, um, this is the guy I think, I think Elon Musk must uh, have appreciated what Matt Taibbi has been doing all these years. His overall output, his overall production into the debate and gets rewarded. And suddenly uh, Matt Taibbi now has like 1.3 million followers after this. One of the larger accounts on Twitter by far. And I, I think this is a good choice because you can't accuse of Matt Taibbi of being a pro-Trumper. You can't accuse Taibbi of being a conservative in any way. But uh why don't I just read just a couple of Taibbi's epic Twitter thread? There's 40 tweets in this, and you're hearing everybody talk about it. It's kind of interesting that, you know, somebody comes out like Matt Taibbi with this Twitter thread that is the epicenter of this whole story. And you get all kinds of commentary wrapped all around it, but sometimes people don't necessarily pay attention to the original sources. And just so we get that into the record here, the Matt Taibbi Twitter thread. One, thread the Twitter files. Two, what you're about to read is the first installment in a series based upon thousands of internal documents obtained by sources at Twitter. Three, 
the Twitter files tell an incredible story from inside one of the world's largest and most influential social media platforms. It is a Frankensteinian tale of a human-built mechanism grown out of the control of its designer. 4. Twitter in its conception was a brilliant tool for enabling instant mass communication, making a true real-time global conversation possible for the first time. 5. In an early conception, Twitter more than lived up to its mission statement giving people the power to create and share ideas and information instantly without barriers. 6. As time progressed, however, the company was slowly forced to add to those barriers. Some of the first tools for controlling speech were designed to combat the likes of spam and financial fraudsters. 7. Slowly, over time, Twitter staff and executives began to find more and more uses for these tools. Outsiders began petitioning the company to manipulate speech as well. First a little, then more often, and then constantly. Which is where we are now, in my opinion, says Host Dunn. Eight. By 2020, requests from connected actors to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, quote, more to review from the Biden team. And then the reply would come back, handled, handled. And you heard... Tucker Carlson mentioned the handled phrase, and I might do a bit more of this when we come back, but handled, yeah, uh, Biden, DNC, FBI, James Baker, they don't like this tweet, so can you make them go away? Can you have those go away, please, because they might be a problem for us in the election. Can you make them go away? And the response is handled, quote, handled. Got that handled. Got that gone. Be right back. The Songbird song from Oasis bringing us back in. And yeah, we were talking about some songbirds earlier. In the thesis, I'm developing that swim moms are louder than soccer moms, maybe even tougher. I don't know. Is there any soccer mom out there that wants to uh, beg to differ and says, no, we soccer moms are tougher and louder and meaner? I like that, by the way. I like a good, mean soccer mom out there on the side of the field yelling at, you know, the little people to, uh, and just like barking at the referee, (laughs) telling the referee, like, what's up? Anyway, you know, you got to be tough. You got to be tough. I am not counseling that. I'm very, you would think as much as I blab away in the radio that I'd be quite loquacious on the side of a swim pool or a soccer field. I'm I'm quite, I'm quite restrained, but I got to. A tweet in from the great Jennifer Harris down in Texas, and she says, Yes, send the soccer moms and the swim moms to Washington, D.C. They should go there, make noise, (laughs) and hand out testosterone supplements to the Republicans. (laughs) Anyway, that just cracked me up, and I thought I would share that. And yeah, now the uh, text to studio, somehow I just, I hit refresh on that, and now they're flowing in. Feel free to send text to studio on this and alexa says how much bigger should twitter gate be than watergate yeah i heard randy corcoran mention that last night on his program 
that this should be way beyond any of that Watergate stuff. But, of course, the mainstream media is going to suppress this. They're going to suppress this. But Elon Musk has more files to release. And I'll get into the significance of these initial releases here as the program goes on. It's the nexus between government and Twitter. Elon Musk says that, yeah, Twitter, a private company, they can censor you. They can censor James Wunsch. They can ban the New York Post. They can block all conversation on the Hunter Biden laptop. But if they do it in collusion with the government, oh, that is a violation of the First Amendment. Ah, yes, it is. Let's say hello to Brian in Arvada. Brian, glad you could check in. What's on your mind, sir? Oh, man, I had an alert from breaking news going out, but I, I had a question first. You got your tree up and you got your holiday decorations going or what's going on over at the, yeah. the Dunn family? I put the first wave of lights up on uh, Friday and then I'm out there putting the second wave of lights up on 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 Friday. I put up the first wave. Saturday was the second wave. So I did my time out there up on a ladder. You know, I we made this like big long stick with a fork on the end that can get the lights up a little higher. Got a few trees that are growing a little taller. Got some wreaths oh, up this man. year. Should... Yeah. You know, you do it the old school way. See, now they just buy that magnifying thing where they set it in their front of their yard and it just lights it up however they want it. So uh, you're still old school. You're rolling around on the roof and whatnot. Uh, no, didn't make it to the roof, but uh, yeah, I, I put my time in. The way it works in my house is that I get a gentle suggestion from the amazing pink little wife that I should go do this. And I know that oh, that boy. means do this instantly. Or she'll go out there and try to start doing it herself, you know, and, uh, you know, she's got so many, like, a little infant to take care of. She, <laughs> I better get moving. So, yeah. So I well, did you're it. a good guy, Matt. You're ju- you're just doing what you're told. You're married now. That's the way it That's is. That's right. I am extremely docile. I am very well behaved. I, uh, <laughs> I accept my uh, reprimands uh, without complaint almost all the time. And I love my minivan, yeah. Brian. I love it. Oh man, I was hoping you'd say, "Hey, Brian, I got a, I got a suburban." <laughs> <laughs> nope. But anyhow, I got, I got a warning out for everybody out there. If you're planning to do a staycation, and you decide to roll up to the sand dunes, bring your mask. They came back with the mask mandate. Down That's at the dunes, a huh? Experiment. Yeah, so they're experimenting with us. See, we're it's they're the scientists, and we're all their little petri dishes that they're just playing with all the time, seeing what they can get away with. Oh, that so, is interesting. Uh, and I was at the dunes last summer. Yeah. We were surfing on the sand, and that that was yeah, pretty fun. Well, you better have a mask on. Yeah, that uh, maybe the a mask won't keep out the sand. I would say wear a mask to keep out the sand, but it, it don't even keep out the sand is the problem. You know. so. I will say this, that a, a mask when you're surfing the sand might not be bad. One of my kids got a little too fast and did a nice uh, spill rollover and got sand jammed up her nose, all the way up both nostrils. Oh. And so a mask maybe would have been good there, Brian. I mean, But uh, what do you think of that? Maybe that's well, why they're doing it. Cloth mask won't, because sand go right through cloth mask. I want you to take a bucket <laughs> of sand. I want you to put a T-shirt around your face, and I want your one of your kids to take a hair dryer and blow a bunch of sand right in your face. And we'll see how it is before your mouth dries out. I'll bet it'll be right up both nostrils instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So an M95 might be all right, but that's not to protect yourself from the virus, I guess. Protect yourself from getting sand up your nose. I don't know. Well, yeah. The But, uh, yeah, 
We got the RSV. We got That's COVID. That's a little experiment. Yeah, we got all the kids are getting sick right now. It's just the way it is. So they're gently trying to introduce the mask possibility right now. I see that, but again, I just don't think there's much well, appetite yeah. for that at all. I just I don't I don't see it there. That's why they said, okay, well, they all fell for it at first, guys. We had a bunch of idiots running around in stores putting their T-shirt around their face. But now they kind of woke up to it. So we'll do a little experiment if we can get it back so they just isolate little areas. I don't I know how they operate. These guys, are, these guys are no good. They are definitely no good. Regarding they're this, liars. Uh, we know yeah. they're liars. Yeah, have you... Paid attention at all? I don't know if you're on Twitter, Brian, but you paid attention to this one blowing up about the Twitter files, what Twitter was doing to influence and alter the course of the 2020 election. Does that grab you at all? You know what's funny is we all knew that, that listened to your station. Exactly. We were, we've all been talking about it for two years. He exactly. just confirmed it. And, it's, and I like what you said. It's the billionaires that are going to change everything. And Trump came along. He just happened to be a good billionaire. There's some billionaires that are just bad billionaires and they'll get money any way they can. That's the way it is. And then there's some billionaires that are actually good people. So I, I uh, think we, we need to do a segment on this. But uh, can you think of uh, good billionaires? There's like a handful of good billionaires. First and foremost, Trump. Second, Elon Musk. Third would be Peter Thiel, yeah. if you know that name. And I can't think of another one who's any good. You know, there are few and far between because they probably became billionaires by being highly dishonest, you know, by being scam artists, basically. Probably, you know, a lot of billionaires, you know, have to work the system to get there. Trump cut some corners, and Trump cut some corners. He did what he did, but he was actually in a legitimate business. Oh, straight up businessman. They've investigated him six ways from Sunday, as Chuck Schumer likes to say. And he's come out the squeakiest clean dude that ever entered politics in this country. You know? Yeah. And, you know, they're they're doing another. We were actually letting them get away with another special counsel. Okay, the first special (laughs) counsel cost us $40 million. It was a complete disaster. It was a mess. They got Mueller on the stand. He didn't even know what you, anything about the case. They'd say, well, turn to page 60 and look it up, buddy. That's beyond my so, purview, and I don't know what you're talking about. And he has a yeah. definite Alzheimer's plus a host of other conditions, apparently, and you never the hear Democrats anything. The Democrats abuse yeah. the elder, and they abuse the children. That's what they're about. They're cowards. They don't, they don't you know, compete with the people of their own uh, status, their own age. They go after the elderly that's how they do the whole uh, They put in know, these figureheads. Mueller was a figurehead yeah. special counsel the same way that Biden is a figurehead president. And it's uh, yeah, unfortunate. Yeah, this guy it's, will do anything we tell him. It's like the grandpa you got that's senile. You can tell him what to do, you know, and, and you get away with stuff. So it's the same concept. It's not but, a way to uh, run the country. All the best to you, Brian. And, uh, yeah, put your mask on. Be a good citizen, Brian. Put it right on. It's Matt Dunn, back on Radio. Holly on the lines. Hang on. We got a line open. Be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.